So I, I want to talk, speak a little bit to, to what I've been experiencing, and I believe it's, it's for our church. It has to do with, uh, you know, the, the, the theme that we've been looking at is setting our course, allowing God to set our course, not to decide it and say, God, uh, look what I'm doing. I'd uh, just like for you to get on board with me here, but we're getting on board with what God's wanting to do. And so when that happens, there's going to be a, a spe specific change. It's not just going to be stuff in our life. It's going to be our life. And this is kind of what I want to talk to today. And it might be something that I continue with a little bit going forward. Because it's, it's what you find out. This, what happens when somebody beholds the glory of God? Who gets changed? The God, does God change? He doesn't change at all, does he? In perception, he does. We begin to see him differently, right? But who gets changed? We do. There we go. There we go. Everything gets changed because, because we. Man, that is so good. Yeah. But so, so the, the trajectory of, of my life is getting changed starting where? With my beholding of him and his transformation of how I'm seeing me. Now, does the provision of that change? The provision of it doesn't. It's my uh, partaking of that provision that changes. And it changes how? In beholding him. So this is what I think is so wonderful about these times of getting other things out of the way. We talked about it the first week, that there's distractions that keep us from seeing what he has for us. And what happens when those distractions get out of the way? The first thing that happens that makes it possible for us to, to go to our destiny, our God-given. How many have a destiny? Everybody has a destiny. It could be hell. It could be, right? What determines how close to heaven it gets? Even on this earth. What we see how much we're beholding that and actually how much we see of ourselves in Christ. Everything is determined by our identity with him. Amen? So the first thing that God's going to do about where we're going in our life, whether or not that's fulfilling God's plan for our life, it's going to start with how we see ourselves in Christ. Because what he's done He's not just come and said, I'm going to grace you to just do all kinds of things. No, he said, I'm going to grace you, first of all, to be different. It's going to be you being different, right? The old has to die, and then something else has to come alive, right? So we're going to just look at this, and I, and I believe there's some things we can just uncover. It's kind of simple, but, but I believe we need to have an awareness of this for us to, and to, to receive the power of it that's going to determine what our actual destiny is. So uh, uh, you think about it this way. So uh, a, a child is born in America. I mean, this is a big, this is a big controversy. Pe some people just don't end up uh, fulfilling their potential destiny because of where they're born, because of their of their atmosphere, of the uh, of of how uh, their gift is going to be nurtured. If there's an ability for it to be um, Trained, developed. Now, I, I think about this with musicians all the time. You know, if, if Mozart had, had been born in, in Mexico, you know, or I, I don't mean to make, you know, someplace, 
you know, someplace where there wasn't uh, the culture. He had the culture around him, uh, India. Uh, you know, I don't, you know. Uh, there we go. We that's a great. Now, but not if he hadn't had a a culture around him that allowed who he was to come alive. He he wasn't just anybody. He he wasn't just Mozart. Uh, in an atmosphere where nobody cared about music. He was in, at Mozart in an atmosphere where it was all around him from the time that he was a child. Now, we can say this about music, but you know what? It, it happens like in basketball. Over in Europe, they start doing the, I mean, they do it here now, too, with soccer. And with, what, when does it have to start? It has to start when they're little kids, right? When they're, when they're very small, and what do they do? They put them into this atmosphere where it's all around them. Some of these, these athletes right now, it, it's amazing how, how at ease they are in, in a situation that you should think, you would think that they would just be, you know, their, their nerves would be going off. Well, they've grown up with a dad that was a professional athlete and big brothers, you know, playing against them. And it's like, you know what? That gift was there from the beginning, but it wouldn't have been anything if it hadn't been challenged, uh, channeled this way by the environment that was around it. Can you see that? Okay, so let's, let's keep some correlations going here, okay? <laughs> right? Now, they have to care about it themselves. It's not enough to, that they're just in the environment, but they become very passionate about it themselves. You know, it's like this guy uh, won a game yesterday, and, and they were asking him, he said, so what are you going to do between, what are you going to do the rest of the weekend that you got off? He said, ah, I think I'm going to go watch films. I think I'm going to go, you know, they, they're thinking he's going to go party or something. He said, no, because the reason I'm here is because of what I do between practices. It's because it's not just about somebody telling me what to do. It's my passion. It's my life. I identify with this. This is who I am. So that, that's a part of, 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 of going towards your destiny too, right? <laughs> and denying some other things. So this is going right along with everything that we're doing right now, if you can see this, okay? Right? But what is it doing? It's, it's changing who you are. It doesn't matter what your destiny is if you don't get in line yourself. If you don't get changed yourself, it doesn't matter if, if you're equipped with all these other things. You have to become focused on it. Have another direction. Why do they put those blinders on the horses, right? So, so they don't have an option. They're going that way, right? This is what we do. Say, no, this, this is what I'm going towards, right? Okay. Can we just dive into this real quick? I know we got a few moments left here. All right. Uh, go, go through the app, read my little blurb there. And, uh, but let's look here. So discovering God's steps is, is how we, we actually get a, the destiny that he wants. So there's a destiny that God has planned for our life. What, what I think is really cool about this is we're all at different phases of our life. The thing, you know, it's, it's like for me to think about being a, a, an NBA star right now, don't laugh too hard, right? But it, it's, it's just not going to happen, right? It doesn't matter if I get in the right culture and all that kind of stuff, right? Because it's too late. <laughs> What's cool about God, it's never too late. There, there, there's, there's a place for us to dive in. But you gotta, you got to have that same kind of a tenacity. The thing that, that happens when we get older is sometimes we, we, we become less 
uh, motivated. We've become less passionate. We've become less driven. Why? Because we feel like, you know, and sometimes we get discouraged by what we've already put ourselves into and it feels like it's failed or whatever else. But here's, here's the thing about God, and this is why it doesn't matter how old we are right now. We can lay hold upon this and say, God has something for me that is my destiny from this point. Amen. There's a perfect plan for each one of us, but it all requires the same thing. It's, it's all up to us. Every child doesn't develop into that great athlete. Which ones? The ones that get in line. So I'm looking at this, and it's going to be some information that we're aware of, but I want us to understand that there's a potential that God has for us going from this point on that's completely up to us right now. Amen? Okay. So Proverbs 20, 24, it says this. A man's steps are of the Lord. I think, I think uh, one translation says uh, our steps are ordered of the Lord. Right? Is that what it says? Okay. But then it says... How then can a man understand his own way? And this is kind of the question I want to look at today. God has an order for our steps. But how do we find out what that is? That's what I'm seeing in this statement, right? He has a plan for our life. But how do we find that? And how do we dis discover what that is? And it's not, it's like, it's like uh, just because we're born again doesn't mean we're going to experience everything that God, that Jesus provided for us on the cross. There was a great redemption that purchased for us everything that we could need. And we're going to see some of these scriptures. But, but that doesn't mean we're going to experience it. And, and we can't just sit back and say, if God wants to do it, he's going to do it. You know what? God's not in charge of this earth. God's not in control. I don't mean to be sacrilegious or anything. He's just not. <laughs> There's a God of this world. And we either have to choose the God of this world or the God that's taken us to our eternal world. Right? And we can experience that right now. All right. So, so I'm just going to go through this real quick. This is some practical things. What does it take? This is just a, a common sense. What does it take to fulfill potential and fully develop abilities? I've already talked through this, but I just want to hit these points real quick. To be in an atmosphere where they can be discovered. You have to be where it can even be known. It's kind of hard to learn classical music if all you're hearing is bebop music. Maybe not. I don't know. I might be able to. But you're going to adapt to what you're familiar with, what's around you, right? Discover what those abilities are. You're going to actually have to find out that you can do some of those things, right? Okay. It's going to have to come up as an option for you. Identify with and own them. Okay? You're going to have to say, that's mine. <laughs> and you're going to have to become tenacious about saying, nobody's going to say that I can't do that. Right? Have the necessary information and training. So you're going to have to submit to a way of doing that. You can't just say, I think I got the best way. No, you're going to have to actually have some training. Right? Then you're going to have to apply diligent effort and faithfulness to the process. What is that? That's becoming focused on it, saying, I am going to be diligent to the process that's going to make it come to pass for me. Right? And then you're going to have to stay humble about remaining growth. This is one of the critical things, I believe. You have to say, I don't have it all yet. This is what I love about some of these, that athlete that I was just talking about, the guy that had just won one of these big games. He says, i, I, I got to get better. I got to get better. There's more for me. You don't become arrogant about what you have. And looking down on somebody that, don't, that doesn't have what you have. 
They say, no, man, I just, but for the grace of God, I have what I have. And there's so much more for me to know. I'm going to stay humble here and say we're all in the same boat of needing to be desperate for more of God, right? All right, let me look here. So what does it take? What will disable that potential? So we have to become aware that there's something. Just because God's provided for something for me, what is going to keep me from that, right? And, and again, this is just a practical thing that applies to anything. But what will disable that potential? Lack of culture that will expose and nurture it. That means if you're all on your own, you're not getting, you're not in an atmosphere of faith. That's like what's happened this morning. Together. What happens together? We get in an atmosphere of faith where we're all lifting up our voices. What is it doing? It's creating this culture that that, that God has declared something. That we are what is that? That's the exposure of God's will. In our life, it's an atmosphere. Can we do this on our own? No. You know, David, even the, 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 the man after God's own heart, what does he say? I, I have one thing that I desire, that I may, what? Dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What is that? That's, that's where it's the environment where God is nurtured. Amen? And belief in him is awakened. Make made alive, right? So what can disable also is being occupied with diversions. That's where that's where this time of fasting can be so powerful. There are things that it, as powerful as God is, we can be so occupied with devices, entertainment, other things, that we don't have time to work on what we've been given. You know, it's like my dad used to give this example of a uh, and he, he was probably quoting somebody else, but somebody that, uh, man, you, you see this, people that are, are maestros on the piano, uh, it's just amazing. My wife was showing me some little three-year-old that's playing with the symphony, you know, it's like, it's just amazing, you know? Um, but my dad's talking about how a lot of people will say this, you know, they'll, they'll hear somebody just playing amazingly, you know, and they'll say, oh, I'd just give anything to be able to play like that. And they said, well, they have. They've given what it takes. Right? Okay. I want to challenge us this morning. <laughs> Can we do this? Because diversions will keep us from the destiny that God has for us. And how are they going to do that? We'll see this. To not be aware of them. We can just be flat ignorant that we, we even have these abilities. What will we be destroyed for? A lack of knowledge, right? A lack of being aware of it. It's not enough that we just get a ticket to heaven. There's a lot more. Amen? No identification with them. So it's not enough to know that, that, that there's a potential to be able to do something. It's not even enough to know that, that maybe I can do it. I have to say that's who I am. Okay, I got this idea that I want to be a classical guitar player because I grew up in the 70s when it was... It was cool to play at 11 with distortion. You know what that means, as loud as you can, where it hurts your ears, right? Uh, and, and for some reason, I got this snooty attitude that I'm, I'm going to play real guitar. You know, I'm going <laughs> to... And it was kind of a hippie approach, too. I wore, I wore overalls and hiking boots, and, and uh, I mean, I, I was weird. I don't know. I, I had some kind of idea, but I identified with what I was wanting to be. 
be a bad example, but, but I did. You know what I mean? And, and so what that did for me is when I went to college, I went to a college where I could actually study that as a major. I, classical guitar performance was my major. Can you believe that? How useless. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. But, but when I went, I didn't go there to party. I didn't go there to do something else because I went there as a classical guitarist. And the reason I was there was to learn, you know? And so I didn't go to parties. I didn't, I didn't no, no, I was there. I, I identified as this. And it wasn't easy. And I worked every day at it. Five hours a day, at least, I would practice. And I felt like I was missing something if I didn't get, you know, because there's progress to be made in what we've been given to do. But if we don't do it in a faithful way, we are not growing. We're, re we're receding. Can you see this? And this is just in a practical way. This, this is how we're made as newborn baby humans. All of us have a potential. But our trajectory and our destiny is completely determined by these other things. Can you see that? Apathy and laziness. That's one of the biggest things. And this is what our culture today wants to put upon us. That we are so unmotivated to do what it takes to actually accomplish something of worth. Because we're so occupied with other things. That we can't even get up off. We don't even want to. Because we're a laziness and an apathy to the things that are of greatest worth. And if we knew what the potential was at the end of that thing, we would lay aside everything else. But here's something that I heard somebody talking about. He said, you know, if you're looking for leaders, you need to learn to look for somebody that knows how to work, that has a work ethic. Because you can train somebody how to do something, but you can't train them how to be diligent, passionate about it, unlazy. Is that a word? It works. To not be lazy, right? Right? And then the last thing I just want to look at here is pride. What pride will keep you from doing is thinking that there's more for you. That you are already at a level that you do not have to work anymore. Right? And this can happen big time in church. What I know is enough. It's Here's the thing that they say about people that are really brilliant and smart. They are not proud about it. Because the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. And that's the way it is. That should be with God. It's like the more we find out about him, the more we think, wow. How could I think myself above somebody else? Because the margin between me and that other person is so small compared to what I have yet to get. Amen? And there's, there should be this attitude that, no, we're... we're we're going there together. Can you see that? All right, let's let's go through. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going quick. Are we are we good? All right. I think this is essential. So in Christ, we're born again to new life. So we're saying that this is what happens to a human baby, right? So what happened to us in Christ is we get born all over again. So you know, oh goodness. So we have to start all over? Well, in the most important ways we do. We, and this is very critical understanding that just because we're born again doesn't mean we're mature in that new birth. We're brand new. Amen? Just like, man, we went and saw, uh, what's her name? Uh, Erica's little baby. Rebecca. Oh, you guys are just going to love seeing Rebecca. She's just so beautiful. And um, what's that? 
She had a girl. Well, obviously, it wasn't a girl named Rebecca. A boy named Rebecca. But um, <laughs> it's like a boy named Sue that wasn't there or something. But, uh, uh, anyway, uh, let, me, let me keep going here. All right. Anyway, she was, she's so perfect. And, and, and I was talking about this on, th on Wednesday. But they, they came in and they tested her, her hearing. They have these, man, fancy instruments that you can see the image of the baby up there and everything. And Have, have you seen that? Um, and, and, and they're actually testing their cognitive abilities by sound, by, by pumping sound into their ears. And you have to be quiet. You have to let them, and their body responds. It's interesting. It, 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 it's interesting what they're, and they're measuring their ability to actually uh, be mentally sound based upon sounds that are going into their ears. And what, what, what they're, they're measuring is their capacity to function, to, to, to develop, right? But here's what's amazing about a little child like that. They, they, from the moment they're born, they have almost infinite amounts of abilities that are just dependent upon what they're exposed to. Right? Yeah. And it's just a wide open potential before them. Now we, we and, 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 and so I'm going to put it in two, two different categories real quick. So there are, there are things that they need to be given that we give them. They need to learn math. They need to learn language. They need to learn, right? Um, and, and science, there's, there's things that we give them that are practical that everybody can learn, everybody needs to know, right? But then there are those gifts, right? There's those things that are special for them that will be discovered in other ways. But maybe that one thing that they're, they're most in, uh, gifted at or have the greatest potential that would set them apart, man, it's in need of the right input. So that, is, that becomes very critical. So let me look at this, and then I'll go back. And <laughs> so Jesus talks about this. Remember, he's talking to Nicodemus, and he's having this conversation with Nicodemus, and he says, but you must be what? Born again. And, and what does Nicodemus say? But how can I do that? I can't go back into my mother's womb to be born again. And Jesus says, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. What he's saying about that is, don't try to tell me that you can figure out everything just because of what you see or what you have seen, right? This, this is not going to be based upon an understanding that you already have of birth. Nicodemus is trying to talk about natural birth. Jesus is talking about spiritual birth. So spiritual birth is going to be something that you'll see the evidence of it, but you won't be able to understand it with your mind. So you're going to have to tap into another part of you to understand what I'm talking about here. Okay? And this is what we have in Christ. It's not going to be something that we can try to figure out with our minds and we can put into a box and we can say this is what it has to be. No, it's going to be something that we receive by, how do we receive Christ in the first place? By faith. It doesn't make sense at all. Does it? 
Everything I've done wrong can be forgiven of me. Just because Jesus took it for me. That's a wonderful story, but it doesn't make any sense. Does it? And yet, the Spirit breathes that. And it blows that. And it covers me with this sense of forgiveness that doesn't make any sense. Can you see it? And what it does is it, it washes me. And it washes out all the old. It's, it's not changing my face. It's not changing my mind. You know, all these parts. No, it's changing my spirit. And the spirit becomes brand new in Christ. Can you see this? So, this is going to go on a different level than we're used to, right? So, as a new creature, there's a new potential then of destiny. So, he... It's wonderful that Jesus related this to new birth because what we can do is everything we've been talking about in the natural birth becomes something that's going to take place in the spiritual. That when we are born again in Christ, we're born again into a new potential in him. Amen? But just like a baby, it's going to be dependent upon what? It's environment. It's discovery. It's focus. Whether or not we're apath apathetic about it or, or we're excited about it. Right? And we can't blame God for something that he's already provided and we've done nothing with. Is that right? <laughs> All right. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Don't you like this? It says, therefore, if anyone, that means uh, nobody has an advantage here. Nobody has a spiritual advantage. If anyone is born into Christ, what is he? He's a new creation. He's what Jesus said. He's born again. Right? Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That means there's going to be, like Jesus said, there's not going to be an ability to put things into categories for us to figure it out. It's going to be a new thing that God is going to present to us that we're going to have to grow in. Okay? Oh, let's keep going here, all right? Y'all good? To be in him is to be complete in him. So this is what needs to be understood. Is, is it just, just like little Rebecca is complete already as a human in her forming, right? She has everything that she needs to become this fully fulfilled potential, right? This is what we get when we are born again. Amen? Everything that would keep us from being a, ful uh, a fulfilled uh, representation of God's creation has been done away. Went to the cross. Amen? But now everything is brand new. What does that mean? It's going to need some development. It's going to need some understanding. It's going to need discovery. If we don't know about it, how can we do anything about it? How can we walk in something that we aren't even aware of? Is that right? For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are what? Complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Now, I've heard some people say, don't you talk to me about all this stuff. I'm already complete in him. Well, you are, and you're a baby. Obviously, the way you're talking. No. <laughs> right? <laughs> We are complete in him. And this is, this is what is, is wonderful because this begins the discovery. Everything I need is in him. It's in Christ. Amen? 
But it's not somewhere outside of him. It's in him. Amen? I'm, I'm compelled to share this because, man, this opens up the, the, the wells of hope, the wells of excitement about what we have, and the wells of ability for God to actually work in our life. Our identity has to change. This, this is something that, that, that to me, it's, it's kind of like Nicodemus saying, what in the world are you talking about, right? Everything that is in God is in Christ. But now because I've become in Christ, now everything that is God is in me. Man, I, that does not make sense. That sounds kind of preposterous. Sounds kind of, you know. I'm like I'm being arrogant or something, but no, that's what Christ came to do. To give us life and what kind of life? Life that's more abundant, right? That, that, that means it's going to have to be another kind. So there needs to be this environment where he is exalted, where this is a reality. You know what? Some people don't believe this. Some people just want to have religion where they say, just tell me what to do so that I can feel, feel good about myself, Right? This is a whole lot different. This is, this is you. Dis what you're discovering is not something to do. What you're discovering is what you've become. And what you've become determines what you do. And because you, it becomes a reality to you, and you don't just see that it's something that's there, you identify with it. And you say, I'm going to college with this, and I'm not going to do stuff, other things, because this is more important to me than partying. This is a, more important to me than those other things. And when you hear me play, because I've been faithful to this, you'll hear me play because I gave everything to get this. Can you see that? What, what, what God wants for us, and what we'll encounter in his presence, is the first thing is going to be me being changed. There's no destiny for me in God without me being in Christ. It's contingent upon that. Can you see that? All right. Let's go to this next one. To experience being in him, it will take training then. This is the humility side of this. One of the biggest challenges is the assumption of being okay where I'm at. Right? There has to be this desperation. I, Paul was such a great example. He says, I just don't even consider anything that I've done to be anything of worth at all. I consider that I have to press to find out what he's accomplished for me in Christ. What does that do? That puts you in a... Because as soon as you get out of this, this, this attitude of, of I have to be trained in this, now you cannot progress anymore. Pro progress towards your destination as continuing upon your dependent on dependence on training. Right? Man, these athletes that that, that they're well, all right, who who oh Tom Brady. Yeah, we, we have a Patriots fan or have a is it is New England, that's where he's from. Yeah, and he's he's so blessed to be here in Texas now. But he still wears these shirts that say Brady on the back. 
what, 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 what made him able to be able to play that long is, is his continual realization that he had to be trained, that he had to have correction, that he, he was always looking for what, what needs to be developed, what needs to be developed. This is, and this is not a bad thing. It actually makes life in Christ come to life. As soon as you get on a plateau and you're there, what do you have to live for? You know? <laughs> All right. All right. First Timothy 4.8. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits of this life and in the life to come. Huh. Now, I want to encourage us in this. What we're discovering is not just ways to get God to do things for us. It's not just blessings. We're discovering him. He is the end. He is the destination. He is everything that we need. That's why it's in Christ. Amen? But what are we, what are we getting in that? And what does it require training for? Is that he's provided everything for life and godliness. And it's not something, man, a lot of times we can just say, I, I just can't wait to get to heaven for everything to get good. It's supposed to start right now. Amen? I'll tell you what, I've just really been enjoying. Have you been enjoying God in these last few days? It's just been so much fun to just, just let go of everything else and just, just actually savor him. You know, I, I, I was even watching a game yesterday, I thought, I'm watching a game with God. You know, it doesn't have to be that you stop doing everything else. But just being aware that he's there. You know what I mean? And you can actually enjoy that. How many enjoy watching a game with somebody else? You know? You can even point out things that's going on. Point it out to God. It's like, that was a bad call, God. You know, it's like, I don't know. But, but it needs to be like that, that. That we're actually savoring his presence. Amen? And what happens when that's, that's, that's taking place? We're, we're actually being, we're submitting to his direction for our life too. Right? All right, let's keep going. Are you good? All right. Discovering promises enables divine, developed divine nature. So this is what God has given us. When, we're, when, we, when we go to him, when we begin, you know, I, I was talking to, we have a, a close family member that, he called me the other day, and he hadn't been living for God, and he said, man, can you kind of, I just want you to know, I, I'm, I'm wanting to find out a relationship with God. I want to start walking in this, you know. And uh, you find it in his word. You, you don't just, it's just not a random thing where you just start looking up at the sky and mumbling funny things. It's, you're actually looking into his word. I said, but here's what's going to happen now. When you look into the word now, you're looking into, into the word for God to speak to you. For it not to just be some information that you're trying to figure out. You're actually saying, okay, God, what are you actually wanting to speak to me about today? And it's cool. I talked to him later. He said, I, well, I'm almost through Matthew. He, he, he works, he, he's, he's in the military. And he, and, uh, he said, I, I, uh, I, I, take, I have breaks. In the, he works a night shift. He said, I, I take breaks at night. And I'm able to, what are you doing? I said, you know what? Every time you turn your face towards God, in his word, you're actually looking to him. Not just about him, you're looking to him. He'll begin to speak things in your life. Amen? Amen. And what is he going to speak? He's going to begin to reveal to you 
what he's done in you. Amen. And what that comes, what that looks like is promises. Those are things that God has said. What we were singing about this morning. If he said it, what? Which things that he said? The promises. Amen. It's not just random things that God says. You know. It's the promises. It's what he declared. What is he declaring things? Over us. Right? And why did, why did he declare these things? Because they're the training we need to go from a little born new creation in Christ to somebody that's actually looking like it. That's grown up into a purpose that's more than just what we can determine on our own. Amen? 2 Peter 1.3. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Who's he talking to? A whole bunch of new creations, right? Well, what's he saying here? You're not gonna you're, you're not gonna share his divine nature. You're not gonna become that. You're not gonna get to that destiny without what? Great and precious promises. What are they? They're, they're the directions. This is what God says you are. Okay, well, we'll look at this because there's there's so many things that, that God says we are in Christ. But why are we going to even look at those things? Because it's necessary for me to reach the destiny that God has for me by taking every one of his promises as not just an option, as not just a good idea, as not just something to make me feel good about where I am right now. No, something to decide for me where I'm going, for me to identify with. Amen? Just because Christ has provided something for me does not mean that I experience it. Just because a baby has full potential doesn't mean that they're going to realize that. It's what happens to them, the environment they're in, what they're able to discover about who they are, and then what they do with that. What does it require? It's going to require some focus, some diligence, some daily nurturing of that thing. I'll tell you what, we've been given in a new birth of Christ. It's so much more, worth so much more than anything we could ever devote ourselves to. Amen? All right. All right, I've got one more. Are y'all good? Philippians 3.8. Paul, everything else, is a dangerous diversion from his eternal destiny. Now, he doesn't call it dangerous, but let's read through this, and I... I want you to see how dangerous. If, if, if we could just see what, what that destiny is that God has for us, if we could actually behold that. You know, it's kind of like an investment. If, if, if you could have seen how much an investment in an apple would have been in what? When did they start? The 80s? Early 80s or something like that? If you could have seen what the obvious result would have been of that, of that investment, what would you have done you to... You'd have 
stole from your grandma. I mean, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, that's why, that's why there, there's these parables that talks about, you know, what is the kingdom of God like? It's like a pearl that's, that's in, hidden in a field and you find out it's there and you go, you do everything you can to buy that field. You know, those kind of stories, it's like, no, everything else gets really small if you can actually see what the potential is that we have in Christ. Amen? And, and, and Paul considers it, you, you actually have to look at it like it's nothing. Now, I, I know we're talking to some wonderful people here that win awards for being the best at who they are and what they're doing. That's not a small thing. I see that as evidence of God's glory in their life. Why? Because they're not just living unto themselves. They're living unto God. And that becomes obvious to the world when you do that kind of a thing. I believe Buddy's experiencing this too. It's just... Uh, we just speak blessing over him. But but it's not, I don't see it. It's just, you know, he went in, he's, he's going global. Can you believe that? He's going global with his, his impact. And, and um, the world doesn't always see Americans in a, in a good light because we can be arrogant and something else. But when you go over there to lead somebody, I believe there's a, there's a, a, a divine nature that, that you can take on that, that, that breaks down barriers causes there to be an impact but but is that what you're going towards you're going towards the life of god that's what enables that amen, amen. now I, and i i won't i won't say this for him but for him i believe what was happening i and this is what needs to happen for all of us is that everything else gets to be dung compared to this amen because our divine destiny is much bigger than anything we can achieve on this earth alone and when we go towards our divine nature, he'll take everything on this earth that we're going towards, and he'll make it so much better than we could have on our own. Can you see that? Man, I'm saying a lot here. Are we getting it? So Philippians 3.8, yet indeed, I also count all things lost, all things. Man, he, he is the most educated, the most knowledgeable person of the law of everything. He went off and studied about Christ alone for a long. He, he could pontificate about all the prophecies of Christ, right? And he could adapt that to any different culture, any different audience. He was able to do all these things. He, he was a successful minister. And he said, but I counted all, all things lost for the excellence of what? The knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. And King James calls it done. That I may gain Christ. What does he gain in me, Christ? And be found in him. Now, I've, I've, I've titled this Destiny Dash. Born versus found. Now, what I want to look at here, it's not enough to be born again. You have to be found in him. What is the difference? To be found in him is to be found desperate for him, satisfied in him, excited about him, pursuing him, identifying with him, 
It's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. That means I'm not going to be looking at myself anymore, right? And be found in him. Man, I love this. I love this, this, this concept. That, uh, uh, when, when you see who I am, I want it to be in him. Amen? When you're looking for me, where are you going to look for me? In him. Right? You're going to find me in him. <laughs> Don't you like that? Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. What is that? What is the resurrection from the dead? That's everything that Christ did for us when he rose from the grave. Amen? He rose in newness of life so that we could walk in newness of life. Amen? What is that going to be? And what what is it going to require of us? This is our potential when we're born in Christ, but we are going to have to be desperate that I am nowhere close to what that means. Everything I've already attained is nothing. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't stand upon what we already know, but that means that we are desperate to know more. Amen? So much more for us to grow in. Can we do this together? Can we grow in this together? We're going to look at some of this stuff, and I, I didn't want to just dive into It's not enough to just be told who you are in Christ if you don't know the necessity of it. If you don't know, if you don't see how much you're going to have to apply these things. Amen? It's going to have to be something that every day I am desperate to grow in this. Because every day if I'm not, what am I doing? I'm receding into being conformed to the world rather than, what does it take? Romans 12. And be not, what? Conformed to the world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. What is your mind? It, it, it's where the reality of who you are decides where you're, what you're going to do. Right? And let's, let's, by the Spirit right now, receive this revelation from God. Can we see this? Is, is, is God speaking to us today? And he's speaking to us about who we are. He said, I want to be your father. I want you to be my children. What is he saying when he says that? I want you to look like me. I want you to talk like me. I want you to. How are we going to do that? By just being told we're supposed to? No, we're going we're to be able to, to be that image as we're beholding that image. This is what should be happening when we're praying in the spirit. This is what should be happening when we're encountering like we did today. What, it, what, sh, what should be the main thing that's taking place is we're opening up our heart for the revelation of who we are in him so that we can actually be that. We will never be that on our own. Religion will never accomplish this. We were looking at this on Wednesday. <laughs> Things of the flesh can never affect, can never change the things in the spirit. The spirit can change the flesh. Amen? The things in us that need to change so that they can look like Christ are going to happen in the spirit. Amen? That's not, it's not just going to be a, a, uh, 
a separation. We, we looked at this. It's going to require his words, what God is actually saying. So it's going to be a foundation upon his word. But it will be by his spirit. Amen. And he's wanting to do things in this body. We spoke this when we were praying over what God's going to do. He's going to grow this body. How's he going to do that? When we are the image of Christ. And when people come in here, they encounter Christ because he's obvious in us. Amen? And they don't even have to come into here because we're going out there. Amen? We're walking. Jesus did all of his ministry walking somewhere, didn't he? That's where we need to be the most powerful. We come here to be equipped. I believe that we, we've been equipped this morning. Amen? With some information, with some understanding. But let's don't look at this as like this is just for now. Let's look at this as like we're opening the door to what we're going to become ravenous for. Amen? The understanding of who we are in Christ. And it will make a way to a destination that we could never accomplish on our own. Amen.